Hello and welcome to the Balancing Act podcast for working mums. Here you can find the tools and inspiration you need to overcome the constant juggle and live with more simplicity, ease and fulfilment in your everyday. I'm your host, Debbie, a balance coach and a working mum myself, and I'm super happy to be here with you. Hello, a very warm welcome to episode number 46 of the Balancing Act podcast. As always, it is wonderful to have you here. Thank you so much for tuning in. This week, I have another amazing guest interview to share with you. This time it is with Anna Iveson, who is a freelance copywriter, a corporate refugee and a mum of three. Anna shares a really open and honest discussion of the challenges she has faced in striving to find the right combination of work that she finds fulfilling, um, family life that feels fun and enjoyable, and that sense of like personal well-being as well. And I'm sure there will be something in there that we can all resonate with. Um, this was a really enjoyable conversation and felt very like real life. Um, Anna shares different ways of getting in touch with her at the end of the episode. And I would also love to know what you think. So please do drop me a message. Before we dive in, I also wanted to remind you that I'm running a free three day coaching series um, coming up soon. Um, and this is for you if you're if you're feeling fed up tired out and just stuck in this constant juggle and you're really ready to take ownership of wanting more. If um, you like the sound of this, then you can save your spot over at debbielee.co.uk forward slash stuck hyphen to hyphen spacious. I'll also drop that link in the show notes. And with that, let's dive into the episode. Enjoy. Good morning, Anna. A very, very warm welcome to the Balancing Act podcast. It's fabulous to have you here and lovely to see you again. Oh, you too. It's been too long. I know. know. Uh, So Anna is a a corporate refugee turned uh, freelance copywriter and she is also the creator of I think the most entertaining emails that land in my email box, my inbox every week. <laughs> something that I really look forward to. And I I love the way they always hit the the perfect blend of like entertainment, humor, and really valuable content. Well, that's um, what I always try to achieve because I know like informational content on its own is sometimes kind of dry and there's there's too much of it, unfortunately. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I'll have to we'll have to remember to share share the the link to that at the end so, so other people can um have that entertainment too. But I wonder um to start off with if you could tell us uh, a little bit more about what life looks for you like for you just now. Uh, yeah, so I have three little ones. I've got a I can't remember because their birthdays have just been and gone. I've got an <laughs> eight-year-old, a six-year-old, and an almost four-year-old. So it's pretty hectic, but I feel like I'm over the worst of the, the parenting juggle because two of my two eldest are now at full-time school and my youngest goes to preschool for three days a week. 
So it's kind of hectic. Um, and my work now, because I'm a freelancer, I basically pick my own hours. Um, I work with as many clients as I can. So I probably do about 25 hours a week of actual client delivery work, and then maybe five hours a week on top of that of my own business growth um, projects, like writing a blog and sending out emails, writing social media posts or um, outreach work to build up my client base. Um, And all that fits around the children. So I work on the days when they're at school or preschool. And then also after they've gone to bed, because I'm quite vicious and put them to bed really early, um, I then pick my work up again after they've gone to bed for a couple of hours. So it's like it's full on. I'm not going to lie but it at least means that I'm doing something that I really enjoy. Um, I get to use my brain doing something that I'm passionate about. And I also get to spend time with my children as well, which is really important to me. Mm. And yeah, it sounds like a full day. And like, I think it's what you said about getting to do something that you really enjoy, like that really comes across in, in your work, like that the passion and the vibrancy, I think. Um, and yet it's really interesting to reflect, I think, from my own experience as well, how that fulfillment at work can then spill over into like time with your kids, for example, where if you're starting the time with your kids already, like having felt fulfilled by something else in your day, I think like well, for me, it, it, it means you're starting from a much better place rather than like yeah I agree so before before I started working for myself um I had worked uh, in the financial services industry so I worked in the city in London um and I used to start work at quarters to seven in the morning um and then I wouldn't get home until seven half seven at night I gave that up when I had my children because I just thought I don't want to be one of those mums that has a live-in nanny and that was the only way to move my career forward and no judgment or anything on anyone that makes that choice you've got to do what's right for you but for me personally that wasn't what I wanted for me and it wasn't what I wanted for my children after I left the city I basically became a full-time stay-at-home mum I was a full-time stay-at-home mum for probably four or five years um and I have to say that I found that period really difficult um I absolutely loved being with my children and I was really grateful that we were financially able for me to not have to go to work because my husband was earning enough to cover the bills. Um, but there was always something where I just felt like I love being with my children, but ultimately, bless them, they are kind of boring. Um, like there's only so many times you can pile up a stack of blocks and watch Mr. Tumble before you start to think, like, what, what actually am I doing with my life here? Um, and I used to, I lived in, um, in North London. We were right by London Zoo, which was again amazing. But the third time that you've been to the zoo that week, you start to want to pull your hair out. And so by the time the weekends rolled in, and my husband was obviously off work then, I would just want to offload the children, but I just can't be with you anymore. I've been with you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I just, I just, I'm just done. I've had enough. And so I think it almost made me a worse parent now because I'm away from them half of the time when I'm with them. I make much more effort to do stuff with them that is fun for them and fun for me and is actual quality time instead of just looking at the clock and thinking, right, well, it's another it's an hour till tea time. What are we going to do to fill this <laughs> chunk of time with more super fun block building? Um, whereas now I'm like, right, we've, we've got four hours together. What super fun stuff are we going to do? Um, so I think it makes me a better parent. And 
also my children can see how much I enjoy what I do. Mm. And I think that's inspiring for them as well to know that you don't have to sit at a desk doing something that is boring and soul sucking just mm. to pay the bills. Um, and they they do sometimes ask me if they can they can have the same job as mummy when they're older, which which oh, I think is really nice. That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, oh, I love it. I've got so many questions, and I'm just debating where to start. So let um, maybe when you said about the the financial services industry, like. Did you have reservations before you had kids? Like, did that feel like it was going to be your lifelong thing? Like, were kids just like the, I guess, the the final straw that made you leave? Or was it, did you really feel like you were giving up something that you cared really deeply about? To be honest, no. So I think that made the choice for me easier because I, I studied languages at university so I didn't do anything to do with finance I just ended up in that job because they needed somebody that could speak Italian and there aren't that many people that can speak Italian so I kind of got the job basically because there was nobody else (laughs) and and I stuck with it because I as an industry to work in pre-children it was really fun Uh, my colleagues were amazing it was really dynamic and fun and the social life was amazing. But all the things that I loved about it, once I had children, I knew I wasn't going to be going to the pub anymore. Mm. Not every night of the week. I wasn't going to be going out for dinners with my friends. Um, it wasn't going to be feasible to get to the office at quarter to seven in the morning. And to be honest, I was there for the social life, not really for the work. So it was it was almost a no brainer. Um, and it had kind of always been the plan. It was just a question of when, really. more than if. Yeah. Okay, so I suspect, first of all, you're being very modest saying, (laughs) (laughs) I I am absolutely certain there was more to it than that. Um, But yeah, it's really interesting. That's a really interesting perspective, because um, have you have you heard of a book called The Hundred Year Life? No, I haven't. It's a really it's a really cool read. And it's all about how this traditional model of like education, work, retirement just doesn't fit anymore because so many more people are living to like. 100 years and beyond and so actually now the the world of work is like it it almost we go through that cycle several times in our life and what um instigates a new cycle is just the change you're changing needs and those changing needs can be like anything you know it's the the need you're just curious to learn something different or whatever and that your change really reminds me of that it's like then when when kids came along it was like you were moving into a a new stage of life and so very naturally you can expect that maybe work didn't you know your old style of work just didn't fit into those new needs anymore and I can see now that that will become like more and more common you know not just when people have kids but for lots of different reasons and I think if you if you're happy to explore, I mean, I suppose for me, I was probably in a, a an easier place than a lot of people. And I'm happy to admit that in that I have the freedom to explore different avenues because we weren't under massive financial pressure for me mm-hmm. to find, for me to replace the salary that I had pre-children. And I know that that's not the case for probably most mothers. So I was very, very fortunate in that respect. Um, but If you, I mean, even if you, because most of what I, how I started, I started while I was still full-time parenting and before my children had even started preschool. So everything that I learned and developed was done in the evening. So 
I'm not saying it's easy by any stretch of the imagination. You're tired and especially after a full day of work and then coming home and looking after your children. Do you necessarily want to then pick up your laptop at 7.30 in the evening and start doing your side hustle or whatever you want to call it? Um, But I just felt like, A, it was nice to think about something outside of the children in the evenings anyway. And I enjoyed the process of learning. Um, But just having that drive, if you know that there's something else that you want to explore, you kind of have to accept that there's going to be a period where you have to make sacrifices. And Mm. that might be like, okay, I'm not going to be able to watch Love Island for the next three years. But I mean, really, are you going to regret the hours that you missed watching trashy TV versus being able to forge your own path doing something that you actually like that fits around your lifestyle and your family and the things that matter Mm. and and to me that was way more important than having veg on the sofa with a cup of time yeah (laughs) yeah I totally I totally get that it is hard and it's like it's that time at the end of the day too isn't it that's usually when the the freeze it's like the start of the day or the end of the day and neither of those times it's hard to sacrifice um when that feels like sometimes the only downtime that that although I have to say I actually quite looked forward to it because as I said I was so I was so kind of I felt deprived of having anything to think about during the day um (laughs) and that's not to say I didn't engage with my children I didn't love spending time with them but it's a different like you're using a different part of your brain obviously to entertain your children versus doing something that requires actual thinking Mm. um and so it would get to the end of the day. And yes, I was physically drained from like, chasing after them. I was emotionally drained from all the ups and downs of toddler tantrums. But in a way, it was quite nice to take myself off and then do something that was just for me that I was interested in, that let me tap into a part of my brain that I hadn't been using for so long. So I actually enjoyed it. It didn't really feel like a sacrifice. Yeah, it was nourishing in its own yeah, way. Totally. Yeah, I totally get that. So over that time, am I right in thinking you explored lots of different like avenues until you came to what you're doing now? Um, well, I did the typical mum thing of thinking, well, I like writing. I've got children. I'm going to start a mum blog. So that was kind of how I started with the, the whole writing thing. Um, and so that gave me the skills of social media marketing, blog writing and gave me a general understanding of digital marketing, which is why I've now ended up kind of accidentally becoming a specialist. Um, so it just it evolved naturally from there, really. Um, it wasn't necessarily something that I thought, oh, this is going to pay me a load of money. It's going to be a really lucrative career. It was something that I was doing partly for my own enjoyment, partly because I was interested to learn. And also, um, one of the reasons why I started the blog was because I moved from London out to rural North Yorkshire. And when I lived in London, there were all these amazing online resources to help parents find different activities for their children, um, to find like, listings of all the preschools and schools and clubs and all that kind of thing. But up here, there wasn't anything. And and so I thought, well, if it's not there, then I'll make it myself. Um And it became a valuable resource for local parents to the point where I'd sometimes go into toddler groups and they'd go, oh, you're Dale's mum. Oh, I'm so excited to meet you. So I was like a super, super tiny, almost local celeb for writing this (laughs) really terrible blog. Amazing, amazing. But I was helping people and that felt good at the same time. Yeah, yeah. And I love the idea there about um, like following your curiosity almost. Like it felt like that felt like the natural step at the time. And like little did you know then that it would lead to 
where you are now. Yeah, precisely. And even just building that blog, like, I made all the mistakes of trying to build a website on the wrong hosting platform, all that kind of stuff. And so all of that difficult learning happened in a really low stakes, low pressure environment where it honestly didn't matter if it went wrong. Mm. Yes, I'd have to go back to the drawing board and start again, but it was like, it didn't cost anything to make the mistake. It was just my time. And, yeah. and so I enjoyed the process. And yeah, it just got me from, from A to B with no real pressure. Taught me a ton. And like I said, little did I know where it was going to lead me, but I'm so glad that I did it because now I do something that I really... That, makes me excited every day Mm, yeah yeah I totally get that um I'm also curious about so at that time when you were in when you were doing the full-time parenting um which I think is like a job you know it's like as worthy a job as anything else and you touched it's certainly on the, the hardest job. yes so this is <laughs> it it's like you touched on the emotional roller coaster of it and I yeah. know that like working in you know a job outside of like home life is like can be very stressful and very intense but I don't think it has quite the same emotional roller coaster ever than like dealing with like three toddlers all at once (laughs) um so I'm curious did you ever consider like outsourcing some childcare at that time was that an option for you I mean to be honest we couldn't we simply couldn't afford it because we were living in central London um our mortgage was eating up so much of my husband's salary that it was basically that, right? We, we pay the mortgage. Um, we pay to send the children to things like monkey music. Um, we buy them clothes. We buy food. We maybe go on holiday and that's that's it. All the money's gone. Mm. Um, so it, it wasn't even a choice. And at the time, my parents and my husband's parents were 300 miles away, so we couldn't just draft them in. For, so it was, a, it was a really tough time. Um, because I was completely by myself and my husband he also worked in financial services so he used to leave the house at quarter past five in the morning to get to work and he usually wouldn't be back until after they'd gone to bed so from the moment they woke to the moment they went to bed I was alone um and it was very challenging and I'm I'm quite a sensitive person so when when the children are in one of their kind of like down moments or shrieking I really absorb those feelings and mm. I feel them and it gets very intense and very emotionally draining um so for me it's often it feels easier to come away to do my work work than it does to be with the children as much as I love them they are tiring little beasts <laughs> yeah <laughs> they are just so emotionally up and down and they need your support you can't just say to them oh you're being ridiculous leave me alone and stop clinging to my ankles please like they need they need you to regulate their emotions for them because they can't do it by themselves yes absolutely like I can completely 100% relate to that as well and I think that like the first step in that is like just being aware that that's what's happening because and like knowing that that's taking up a lot of your energy so that then you get to the end of the day and um can like feel I guess feel like good for that as an achievement because like I know for myself that of the times um that I have been like you know full-time parenting myself like on maternity leave for example in lockdown I was on maternity leave in lockdown and so I did a lot like a lot of the the parenting and 
I think that I can really relate to what you talked about the like the boredom of the monotony like I found that was my biggest challenge like just the same thing all the time and I got to a stage where just at the end of the day I just had this real feeling of like not having accomplished anything and like actually like raising a small human being like what better accomplishment in life is there than that but and I think it doesn't feel like that women aren't given credit for how tough the role of parenting is and I know what I suppose you could probably call it a hang-up when when I was off work um raising my children full-time I would meet other parents who either had full-time jobs or part-time jobs and they say oh so so what do you do outside of parenting and I say oh no, I'm I'm a full-time mom and they go oh you're just a mum uh less of the just thank you <laughs> I, know. I mean this is like and, and it used to frustrate me because it would often come more from other mothers than it would from anyone else so you know how hard this is this is the hardest job I've ever had and I'm telling you my children are the most horrible bosses I've ever experienced like I've never worked for anyone more demanding less easy to please I've never been shrieked at more on a daily basis (laughs) so like less of the just this is definitely not a just job this is I mean I I take my hat off to people who work in preschools or school teachers I just don't know how they do it I really don't I know I I think like it has you have to you must I mean I can't relate because I couldn't do that job but there must you have to have that inner calling I think to do it but like it's so so there's this amazing um like spoof video on YouTube of somebody going along to what they think is a job interview and the job description is what it would be like to be a full-time parent and it is absolutely brilliant you know it's like um no there's no holidays there's, there's no rest time <laughs> there's no you could be called on at any point of the you know, day or night uh you might get a lunch break maybe not it depends whatever but what you know your boss says about that and it just puts it into perspective like it's done in a really funny way but it puts it into perspective and and like I think in that like I think that I feel really, really passionate for wanting to like make a shift in the societal message around that. And I think that that can start from like us being able to acknowledge and value what we've done in the day. Like what you touched on about, um, you know, putting effort into emotionally regulating yourself so that then you could be there to support your kids in emotionally regulating themselves. Like, that is a huge, huge life skill that will hold not, you know, not only for that moment of the toddler tantrum, but like throughout their lives, that's, it's a really, it'll become a really valuable skill for them to have. And it's exhausting because yes. that you're, you have to give up a bit of yourself in order to do that. And I definitely don't think that mothers get enough credit for how much of themselves they give away when they have children because no. we we sacrifice so much and I remember I was talking to um to another a parent with children a similar age to me and um she used to be a, an assistant headmistress in a school and she said that she, her husband used to have a similar job he'd go off, to, go off to school and then she'd come back and be absolutely exhausted and she said to him the difference is that when you go off to school to be the headmaster you get to just be the headmaster for the day When I go off to be the headmistress, I also have to be the mother. I have to, if they fall over at school, 
drop everything, go take them to the hospital. I have to remember their homework. I have to remember their musical instruments. I have to remember to pack their lunch. I have to remember to like donate to um, Harvest Festival. I have to remember it's so-and-so's birthday. I've got to go get a present. All that stuff is swirling around my head all day whilst I'm also trying to do the high-pressure job that you're doing, which you get to dedicate 100% of your brain space to. And she said that that was the biggest challenge for her, was just the amount of headspace that was occupied by her children mm. and the amount that it left for her then to focus on her career. And in, ultimately, in the end, she had to leave because she just couldn't, she couldn't do both, which is, which is sad, but that's the reality that we're dealing with. Yeah, yeah, I know. And I think that like the... So, um yeah my husband and I actually did an, a podcast episode a while ago talking about maternity and paternity leave and I think it's really interesting how like either maternity leave or career breaks at the start then set up like a pattern that then continues in terms of like how you you split the the division of housework at home for example like who does what because I know in my own experience that like certainly like a lot more so with my first son, I basically did, you know, I was looking after him and then also doing everything at home because I was at home. And I just naturally, like we just, we didn't have a conscious discussion about it. We just like naturally fell into that habit. And then like when it becomes a habit, it's much harder to break because then the kids learn, you know, like, you know, I don't know when they want to snack for example they'll come and ask mummy rather than because she's there and I think then like breaking out of it just becomes so much more challenging yeah I agree so my when when we went into lockdown my husband for the first few years of my children's life after we'd moved up north was still doing a weekly commute down to London so for five days of the week still I was by myself with the children Luckily, I had my mum living nearby so she could help me out. And that was part of the reason for the move. But during lockdown and since then, he's been more or less full time working from home. Um, My husband works US hours now. So he starts work at midday and finishes at 9, 10 at night, which has allowed us during lockdown to split the childcare. And I don't think he realised just how full on it was because he'd never Mm. spent such long stretches with them. But what we were doing during lockdown was that I would start work at 6.30 in the morning and work through till midday and then start up again at night. And he would take the children in the morning and he'd get to the end of his work. I said, well, I just I feel like I haven't sat down all day. (laughs) Welcome to my world. This, This has been my life for the last six years and you had no idea. But I think that experience was really has been brilliant for him because he's now he gives me much more credit now for how hard it is and Mm -hmm. gives me the space to have a rest. Because I think he used to come home at the weekends and not understand why I would have it. Please just just take the children. (laughs) I just need to have a bath without them all trying to climb in with me. And I really just need to go to the loo without somebody coming and banging down the door. (sighs) And he just didn't understand because all all he would see was oh you went to the zoo for the morning and then you sat at a cafe and then you put up with your bone how delightful <laughs> yes I sat in a cafe trying to like like maintain some sort of calm <laughs> it was it was crowd control yes crowd that's the word I was looking for uh, yeah I know but yeah it's definitely taught him that there is a lot more to parenting than just chilling out in cafes and drinking cappuccinos all day 
Yes. And I, I think that this has been a real positive to come from lockdown. I think that's happened in so many families, just that, that, you know, the more appreciation, if, even if maybe things haven't changed a lot on the outside, like that level of appreciation and acknowledgement for, for what each person does each day, I think is really valuable. But there's something else in there as well, I think about, um, this is why I still am very like undecided about how I feel about the move to like push or advocate like part-time working which in my experience has been much more aimed at mums with the idea of like allowing more mums to like be in the workplace and I think that it's an area I haven't fully formed my own thoughts on, but I think that like I'm not really sure that it goes the the whole way towards like solving that problem because like I think actually what we need is workplaces where there's like ev- flexible working, say like true flexible working is available for everybody and like everybody regardless as to whether you have kids or not. Because I think that when that's available in workplaces, then it means that the there can't like it's much easier to have that equality in the d- division of labor at home as yeah, well. Yeah, I agree. One thing that I did so I, I'm freelancing now, but during lockdown, I just started working with a, an ad agency, and so I was technically employed by them. But because we were fully remote, this ad agency didn't have a, a physical headquarters anywhere. They were 100% virtual, so they had about 70 employees, all of them remote around the world. And there were no there were no core working hours. We just as long as we did our hours, they didn't care when we did them because they trusted us to be grown ups and just to do the work. And for the most part, people appreciated being given that level of trust mm. that they could be counted on to deliver good work because we were committed to doing our best for our clients. Um, and that created a really nice culture because people were very appreciative of being allowed to work that way. And you know, if you if you needed to take a day off because your child had a show or whatever. You, you didn't need to send an awkward email to your boss asking for permission to spend time with your children. You just went and did it, but then you would make up the hour somewhere else. So like, there was always still that juggle. You couldn't just knock off for three hours and, and do that on work's wage. Mm. Um, but at the same time, it did give you the freedom that if you needed to make slight shifts to your schedule, you could do that. And obviously with the added bonus that we were working from home, so we didn't have to factor in the commuting time, which yes. which really helped. But for me, I could uh, sort of start work at half seven. My husband would take the children to school and then I would finish at three so that I could go collect my children from school, spend a few hours with them, make their dinner, put them all to bed and then pick my work up back again after they'd gone to bed. So that kind of structure might not work for everybody because you might think, well, I don't want to work in the evenings. But for me, because I really, really wanted to be there for my children's school pickup and making their dinner, I'm happy to make that sacrifice because at least it gives me then both. Um, And I'm I'm greedy like that. (laughs) I think that it really, I think it really, really depends on like the circumstances under which you're doing the work. Like if your work is something that feels like a fulfilling and purposeful part of your life and you know, you feel like there is choice, like you're choosing to do that. I think that is a massively different space to be in than feeling like obligated to do something because like your boss has like landed a project on you unexpectedly or 
you feel that you feel guilty because all your work colleagues have been working on this project and you feel like you haven't been there to contribute as much you know that's I think it's huge it's it's really it's a very different mindset to be in it's also as well and and I'm not saying that I have this figured out because uh, we were talking just before we hit record about my time at the agency where everything was to very tight deadlines the workload was enormous so I'm not saying this is all like unicorns and rainbows there were problems with being a part of the agency as well but it came down to me having to accept that it was a management problem and not a me problem Mm, I was doing the hours I was also I know that I'm a very productive and efficient person in general so it wasn't a problem with me like zoning out or scrolling through Facebook all day it was a question of management having unrealistic ideas of what any human being was capable of and so I I found it really stressful actually having to um, come to that point in my own mind where I could say this is you're not to blame here this is not you it's not anything you're doing wrong it's not because of your family it's not because you're not giving your best to your work it's not because you're failing as a parent it's a management problem and ultimately I ended up leaving the agency because because of that I I couldn't uh, I suppose I couldn't reconcile myself with that feeling guilt from all angles and having freelanced before joining the agency I knew that I could work for myself and be happier doing things that way um so that I can structure my day exactly the way I want but I the point is that if you're feeling under pressure it's not always the easiest but it's not it's not your fault it's not your family's fault it's a management problem absolutely like absolutely it's like a problem of the business that has been set up in that way um that you know and that allows you to feel that way and I will allow that to continue as well I absolutely agree and I feel like um like no it's because it feels like that should be like a you know a minimum expectation of businesses now especially big ones and you shouldn't be at the point I think a lot of mothers um, I know some some parents who are lawyers, for example, who are technically employed on a two and a half or three day a week contract so that they can spend more time with their children. But because their workload's so heavy, they actually end up spending four or five days mm. a week in the office to do their work or their work ends up spilling over to the weekends. So then they feel guilty that they're not giving their time to their children. And that wasn't their intention when they took the part time work. Um, and to me, that shouldn't be happening. If you're if you're employed on a 25-hour-a-week contract, you should be doing 25 hours a week. And that's not me being a jobs worth and, and sort of, I'll only do what I'm contractually obliged to. I'll always, if, if we're in a bind or there's something that's come up, I'll do some extra time like sometimes. But if that's the norm, yeah. that's not a part-time job. That's no. a full-time job with a part-time <laughs> wage. Yes. Yes, and a lot more stress to go along. With yeah, it, and it's not fair. Yeah. And that, yeah. again, it's a management problem. It's not a you problem. It's not your family's problem. It's a like the business is wrong. I know. That's what, so. As part of the the coaching work that I do, like I feel really, um, I'm really like passionate about trying to get in. Like I think that coaching, like the coaching that I do with mums outside of work, I think that that should be available within the workplace to help with exactly things like that. And so. That's like part of my my side mission at the minute to figure out how to make that happen. Although I wonder if managers will be open to that if if more more parents get to a point where they start questioning mm. their workload 
because actually it's it, like there are unrealistic demands and expectations being placed on them. Do managers want that being pointed out to them? Because then they're obliged to hire more people, which means money. <laughs> yes. And so it becomes very expensive for them. Whereas if you've got a bunch of people who are maybe like really stressed and going home in tears every day, if you're happy to turn a blind eye to that, knowing that the work's going to get done. I mean, there are there are RC managers out there that will will keep operating that way. Like turn a blind eye, don't really care what's going on for you at home as long as the work gets done. Yeah, I know. And it's like, I really hope that, um, yeah, those workplaces just like I, it It galls me that that's like it's still I mean, I, I know that that still happens and it galls me the fact that it does. It's just like, especially now after lockdown when, you know, there's so much more awareness, I think. Yeah. And I think like to me, it's it's the piling on of guilt from mm. you know, if you've got if you've got a team of colleagues that don't have children who are technically on a 40 hour a week contract but who stay in the office 70 hours a week there's that expectation then that that is that's the way everyone works and if yeah. you go down to a part-time contract you can't be expected to keep up with those people I know. And, but at the same time you shouldn't be overlooked for promotion because it doesn't just because you're not doing the same amount of hours doesn't mean you're less capable of being a leader yeah, it just means you have other priorities. Absolutely. And I think that um, in that, like the time that like, like say in motherhood, for example, like as a leader, you're developing leadership skills from the, oh, from yeah. the time Patience at home. and abundance. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, so um, to, to wrap us up then, where can people find you online? Uh, so if you want to come and find me on LinkedIn, you can just type Anna Iverson into the search bar on LinkedIn and my profile will pop up and you can see some of my ridiculous Facebook ad content if you're that way inclined. Um, and yeah, if you want to just shoot me an email if you ever need any advice or anything, not that I've got it all figured out, but you can send me an email to anna at wordistry.co.uk and I'll be happy to uh, chat about anything. Um, if you want to know about freelancing or whatever, then feel free to shoot me an email. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for your time. It's been wonderful to have you here and really, yeah, really fab to chat. No, thank you for having me. It's been super fun. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Balancing Act podcast. If you'd like to connect with other working mums just like you who are seeking more balance in their everyday, then come join us on the free Facebook community, The Balancing Act for Working Mums. If you've loved what you've heard, I would be incredibly grateful if you could rate and review the podcast on your favourite platform so that we can spread the word to all the working mums out there looking for more balance. Until then, I look forward to speaking to you in the next episode. Bye for now.